sauces and it is in government conspiracies. But I've seen none of the above. If I did, I think I probably would run a million miles. Lose my little mind. Hello and welcome to X Files Talk X Files, the only podcast that thinks all genitalia should be measured against the club tail dragonfly by comparison. <laughs> shouldn't shouldn't it though i think it should i'm your host david Howard, and joining me tonight from xfilesnews.com i have Riley olson and jessa schlitt how Hello. are you both hey we're thank, good thank you both for coming back sure yeah it's always a lot of fun and uh, this is a very special podcast because it is our 10th episode Yay. of this show Ooh. And I was looking back, and we're actually, we've covered over a quarter of all of the existing X-Files episodes. And uh, we have actually 38 podcasts planned. Uh, Actually, the 38th one is going to be the first episode of The Revival. Oh my gosh! We're more than a quarter of the way through this podcast, in a way. So yay! It's exciting. And there's there's not really a whole lot of news uh, to go over this week, so we're pretty much going to go straight into the episodes that we're discussing tonight. We're going to go Revelations through to Apocrypha. Uh, But first of all, I just want to say to the listeners out there um, that, you know, we would love to get some feedback from you guys. Um, If you have any sort of questions for us, uh, please get in touch. Uh, I'm on Twitter at David T. Harwood. I'm also on Facebook, David T. Harwood, or you can just go to X-Files, talk X-Files.com and connect with me. Any questions that you have for me or any of the uh, co-hosts who regularly feature on the podcast, um, you know, if you just want to ask us general questions about the show, our favorite episodes or what we think about such and such, um, please get in touch. If you have any suggestions for trivia questions, those would also be welcome too. Um, I have had some feedback that some of the questions I do are a little too tough. So I'm going <laughs> to try and uh, be a little gentler going forward. And the fact that we're just going to do five uh, five questions per podcast now it makes it a lot easier for me. So hopefully I can abide by that. Um, I've also been told that um, some co-hosts who shall rena- remain nameless... <laughs> go a little bit too shippy (laughs) and and that i should do a better job of reeling them in going forward so (laughs) well we promise to not discuss fanfic too much tonight (laughs) i think there's worse culprits than you (laughs) okay Okay. you're a professional yeah (laughs) (laughs) so the the first of the six episodes we're going to talk about tonight is revelations um, this is probably the first episode that really deals with religion in a big way. It's been touched on a little bit before. Um, I think that Miracle Man is probably the 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 biggest one to date. Yeah, I'm trying to think if there's one really in season two. I, I can't recall off the top of my head. Um, but Revelations is, you know, it really does deal with this topic, really digs into it. And looking back at it, uh, rewatching it this past week, you know, I was just struck that, you know, I, I knew that it was a good episode, but I probably undervalued it a little bit. And rewatching it, it really struck me how really well constructed the episode is in terms of uh, the revelations <laughs> that get revealed <laughs> over the course of the story and how mm-hmm. things evolve and the twists and the turns and how everything builds on top of each other. And uh, it, it's kind of covers similar ground a little bit to I Want to Believe, um, probably less subtly in this case, yeah. uh, where you have, um, where Owen disappears into thin air after he's jumped out of the window. Um, it's kind of a bit more sort of mysterious and, and blatant, whereas in I Want to Believe, that sort of stuff is a lot more subtly layered on. Um, but why don't you guys jump in and uh, give me your thoughts on this episode? Well, it definitely was... Um out because it was really blatant with that kind of Mulder and Scully switch roles with the whole skeptic believer aspect of it all. And I know they do that in uh, a handful of episodes, but this one really stands out. All of the religious episodes, it seems. Yeah. Like. Yeah. 
It is a really interesting part of Scully's personality, how like obsessively rational she is when it comes to everything else. Um, and then when it comes to religion, she's much more open to it, and Mulder becomes a lot more shut down. Um, so it's really interesting because you get such a big switch. Um, so I always find it kind of interesting to watch because it's not something you expect from them. Yeah, I mean, Mulder's usually the one who takes these big leaps of faith based on hunches or whatever, and nine times out of ten, or even ten times out of ten, he turns out to be right. But this is the one where Scully takes those leaps, and Mulder is a lot more explicitly opposed to her taking those leaps. I mean, Scully kind of rolls her eyes and goes along with it when he does it, but Mulder is, you know, really not happy with it, but she just goes ahead and does it anyway. Yeah. He's really stubborn. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, let's be honest here. Plus, Um, I think we often, there's so many other cases where Mulder had to have been so wrong about his hunches that just wouldn't have made good TV that we didn't see. Um, (laughs) I agree. So, you know, I don't feel like too bad when Scully like rolls her eyes at Mulder. But um, yeah, he is, he does like kind of have a thing against religion. I'm not sure, you know. I'm sure there's, you know, not to bring it up again, but I'm sure there's fanfic that tries to tries to delve into it. But you know, something probably in his childhood. Probably that is, that's got to be a rule of the internet. <laughs> like rule thirty five that exists. There's fanfic think about it. <laughs> anyway, moving on. Isn't it in um, Conduit or something? Very early in season one, there's that one episode where it ends up with Mulder in church on his own, crying. Yeah, and yeah. That's You're obviously right. the, well, um, the only Scully time we see him in a church. Yeah, um, I think he yeah. feels like religions let him down, so he goes in search of his own answers, which are a little more out there. And Scully has a very nice speech at some point in this episode towards the end. I think it is uh, to Mulder where she's talking about the nature of science and faith, and um, she says something about. An act of God can be witnessed. I should probably have looked up exactly what the wording was. It's only a couple of lines. It's not really even a speech, but it's quite a powerful moment and, you know, sort of gives a... sheds some light on that perspective of Scully's character because you've seen her wear the cross, but it's not something she's really talked about a whole lot up until this point. Uh, I looked up the line. Um, She says, I believe in the idea that God's hand can be witnessed. I believe he can create miracles. Yes. Um, Mulder said, even if science can't explain them, Skelly says, maybe that's just what faith is. Um, And then he goes on to tell you why you shouldn't let faith control you here. (laughs) There you go. Thank you for for pulling that up. (laughs) It, it, It is a good episode. Like I said, I think it's a really good story that it tells and the way that it tells it is really good. And this is actually the last episode that was directed by David Nutter. Yeah. Yeah. He did a lot of good episodes and yeah. really helped uh, add to the the style of the show in the early years. And then uh, he left and went on to do countless other things since then. And that's why he got his own feed store, and I want to believe. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I will say the one thing that griped me, just this is... <laughs> Just for, because I can't uh, help it. Um, I learned um, growing up Catholic that the when Christ was crucified, it was through his wrists, not through his hands. So when Kevin starts bleeding through his hands, I really honestly thought it should have been the wrists. <laughs> Anyone want to help me out here? My understanding was that, you know, that, that the, through the hands, I guess, is how it was traditionally depicted. And then there's historians sort of figured out well it would have actually been through the wrists and so it Ah, it kind of made all those people claiming to be stigmatas kind of look a bit foolish because it probably looks a lot better on camera from the hands (laughs) although although kevin only had it through his palms the back of his hands weren't bleeding at all yeah it was just when he was in the classroom that was just a pretty cool scene though yeah Talking about cool scenes, I really like the the moment of humor in this where Kevin's in the uh, the foster home doing the horror story, mm-hmm. and you kind of see the guy creeping through the shadows, and all the kids are sort of on the edge of their seats, and then Owen just enters the room. He looks kind of like a monster or some sort of some kind of creepy mutant. He comes in, and then you have that whole bit where they're doing the uh, the sketch of what he looks like, and 
Mulder's going like it looks like Homer Simpson's evil twin and yeah. they're just sort of discounting it out of hand and then Kevin's mom goes, oh my god, that's Owen! <laughs> yeah. Okay, so War of the Coprophages? Am I saying that right? Yes, Coprophages. Yeah, you're pretty close. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so this is uh, another Darren Morgan episode and listeners will know that I, I'm a big fan of the Darren Morgan episodes. This is probably my least favorite of his, but he only did four episodes, so four out of four is not necessarily a bad thing. Yeah. And I yeah. know that you two are big fans of this episode, so I'm going to let you two dive in, and then I will interject. <laughs> Can I first say that Mulder's kind of a jerk? <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I rewatched this episode, and I was just like, wow. Yeah, he is. Anyway. Pretty- anyway, um... I just had to put that out there. <laughs> well, First, go ahead, Roy. Um, well, coprophage is obviously like an animal. It describes a behavior that eats, you know, feces. So a lot of times you see it in like puppies. But here we're talking about, you know, cockroaches, obviously. So it's a little bit different. Um, but that's your science for the day. Some rodents also. Yeah. Um, Talk about eating feces real quick. Yeah. The mm-hmm. sheriff is called Sheriff Frass. In this episode, which apparently refers to insect feces. Oh, that's a neat bit of trivia. Yeah. yeah. Thank, <laughs> I knew that. Thank you, X Files Wiki. <laughs> wow. There's finally a place for an entomologist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> um, but yeah, Dr. Berenbaum is a real entomologist um, in. Uh, is it Illinois? I think the University think of Illinois. So. Yeah, and they did a um, in, they do the Insect Fear Film Festival every year. And a couple years ago, they did um, the X Files, and Chris Carter came out, and I think he brought Darren Morgan with him too. Um, and I wasn't there, but it was apparently a very good time. But you got to meet the real, real Dr. Berenbaum, who's nothing like Dr. Bambi, and her name isn't Bambi, so um, she's a better first name. <laughs> I don't think I'd read a paper written by Bambi Berenbaum. That's not fair. <laughs> you should give everyone a chance. But yes, I would I would have a little bit of incredulity. But it's a really good episode. I thought it was incredible. And was Scully just... is right all the time. Usually, I know. Mulder being right, Scully is right every single time. She's like eating dinner, just like sitting in front like up in front of her couch i do that all the time it's like why do i even have a couch <laughs> and then like she eats ice cream directly from the tub that's my girl like, like yeah at a girl like good yeah and then she um she does gets her reading you know she gets does everything she needs to get done and while saving the day through molder and then she comes to town to actually save the day and um oh and the look on her face when the car crashes because i believe i've heard rumor that uh that was not really scripted <laughs> that's and what I that hear was too. A re- yeah that it was like a real reaction i love that she just kept it and you know you see her turn around and you can almost feel like keep it cool jillian keep it cool <laughs> yeah the, the story that I heard was that the, the crash was not supposed to happen, so she sort of froze, looked back, made sure everyone was okay, and then carried on. Yeah. yeah. What a pro. She's pretty good. I liked it. <laughs> I think my favorite part for Scully throughout the whole episode, though, was when she pulls up outside the methane plant. Um, and oh, yeah. she's like, you must be Bambi. She, like, checks the how many bullets are in her clip, you know, snaps it back in. This is no place for an entomologist. She just storms off. With in this. the look. Yeah. Oh, man. The so look she gives her when she's like, good. should we let Fox know or whatever? Bambi calls him Fox. Yeah. She's like, looks at her like, <laughs> oh, you. Yeah. Oh, little one. Yeah, she's like, Fox told me to wait outside. Yeah, and she just, like, gives this chuckle, like, no. It was like it was wonderful. It was such a cocky grin, and yeah, she just like she just like loads her gun, and, like just does that sweet noise. You always have to like check your gun to look cool. <laughs> There's another moment I really like, if you want to call it the love triangle in this episode, where Mulder's been calling Scully for advice and help the whole way through, and then he's finally sitting down with Bambi and having a nice moment with her, and Scully tries to call him, he just answers, he goes, not now. Oh, <laughs> so. uh, it's so sad, and then she's, like, sleeping with the phone, and, uh, 
I know, that's why I was like, that's why I had to preface with, well, she's kind of a jerk in this episode. Yeah. And then, like, she comes out, and then, like, he's covered in poop, and he's like, you smell bad. It's like, yeah, mister. <laughs> you don't smell like sunshine roses either. I'm sending you my dry cleaning bill, Mulder. Okay, so I want to talk to you two, since you're the scientists, about the whole Bambi's theory about the UFOs might actually be nocturnal insect swarms going through electrical fields. I thought that was a pretty cool kind of idea, something a little bit different, a little bit more rational approach. I'm, sh- I'm sure at some point there has been an insect swarm that went through an electrical field that somehow created something that looked odd, but, well, I don't, I'm not a believer in UFOs anyway. Um, or, you know, you know, the whole, like, tied to, like, aliens as... You know, I'm sure there are unidentified flying objects, but the, you know... I can see them having, like, a symbiotic relationship with the fluorescent bacterium over the electrical field thing. Yeah. But (laughs) probably not in the X-Files world. No. (laughs) I think Muller ended up being pretty right most of the time. It was a cool way of bringing in the whole alien thing with the insect thing for this episode. You know, the, the idea that maybe these bugs are from outer space if they're like made of metal or whatever um well the cockroaches did survive a lot of mass extinctions yes one of them but of course the the point of this episode is to play on on war of the worlds yeah yes well they certainly break down like war of the worlds did yeah and a bunch of like highly educated scientists too they just totally lose their minds over these cockroaches. Yeah, and where you have the bug crawling across the screen. Oh my god! I'm about to say that the genius shot of it gets me like every time. Like a little bit of my brain is just like a little bit surprised by it. But I re- I actually remember the first time I saw that episode, and I was downstairs in my basement, and um, my brother and I saw it, and I remember my brother um, he like got up to go like swat it or something. <laughs> I don't know. It was just it was a hazy memory. I was like eight. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I remember thinking the first time I saw that actually Jim really was. So, you got me. It was a nice touch. There. And uh, the I think the name in this the name of the town in this episode is Grover's Mill, which is a reference to Miller's Grove, which is the name of the town yeah. in Orson Welles' War of the Worlds. Yeah. Um, one other thing I just wanted to point out in this episode for sharp-eyed viewers is that the uh, medical examiner who dies on the toilet is the same actor who plays Chuck, who we were talking about in the last podcast. (laughs) I knew it. I like Chuck. He's a good guy. So that may be why we didn't see him for a while after this. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, give him some time before you bring him back. On to Syzygy. Not a favorite episode. It's not a bad episode. Um, This episode, I kind of knew about it. I'd sort of... Heard its reputation before I actually saw it. The Mulder and Scully are at odds, and uh, you know, rewatching it now in retrospect, having seen all of the X Files, you know, I've seen this episode before, but rewatching it now, it really does smack as a precursor to Fight Club, which counts against it. And yeah. <laughs> watching this and watching Fight Club, you kind of feel like, okay, Chris Carter had something he wanted to get out of his system, and he wanted to try and get it right. And so we were treated uh, <laughs> that episode as well. But on a positive note, um, at the very beginning of this episode, you will see uh, Mr. Ryan Reynolds before he was famous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of like pretty famous actors now who were in an episode of The X-Files or a couple of episodes of The X-Files. So yeah. he doesn't last long, though. He or, doesn't, no. No. Boom. <laughs> um... Hate him. No, but... Wouldn't want to date him. <laughs> <laughs> but we, uh, we do get the fabulous line, sure, fine, whatever. It's so good. It's a really good line. And to be honest, I love their little fight about the pedals. I really do. That because is I great. have to sit really far up. <laughs> um, I drive stick as well. And so, like, if I'm not all the way up, my foot's not hitting that clutch. <laughs> 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 So, like, I can't tell you how many times, like, people have walked me to, like, to my car, and they've just been like, you sit that far up, and because the passenger side, of course, is comically, like, all the way back. Yeah. <laughs> just make sure yeah, your airbag is sure. turned off. 
<laughs> I know, right? But I gotta reach that clutch. <laughs> anyway. Um, so uh, this is Chris Carter's first real attempt at humor, I think. His first kind of comedic episode. Um, for me, my favorite part of the, of the whole episode is when they dig up that bag of bones and the principal's oh, over their shoulder and he's like, they open the bag and straight away he's like, they're child's bones! And just the look <laughs> that Scully gives him is just priceless. This is um, two episodes in a row now where Scully is jealous of the other woman. Yeah, that's true. But it wasn't entirely her fault, according to this episode, because the planets made her do it. Maybe that explains behavior from the previous episode. Yeah, maybe we were getting close to it. Maybe. Boom. Of course, you have Scully's wonderful line in there as well. She's like, I doubt she's even a real blonde. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, oh, and her uh, out of character, like, smoking Smoke. cigarette. Like, yeah. chain smoking okay. cigarette. Like, holy <laughs> cow. Like, calm down. <laughs> Moving on. Okay, so a good segue from this episode into the next is that yeah. uh, Syzygy has um, a guest star, Lisa Robin Kelly, who is the older sister on that 70s show. And then, of course, Grotesque mm-hmm. stars Kurtwood Smith, who is the yeah. father on that 70s show. Which other actor in Grotesque uh, was in that 70s show? Does anybody know? I've oh, seen wow. like two episodes of that 70s show yeah wasn't really my thing mitch palenci oh i didn't know he guest starred he was in what he was apparently a friend of kurtwood smith's character in one episode they're like old army buddies or something i have seen all of his magician's secrets revealed oh i remember those Oh, man. I remember I, it was like, I don't know, five years ago, and I stumbled upon, I was like surfing the channels, and like Mitch Fledgy was on. I was like, oh, I'll watch this. It was like a marathon of like seven episodes of this like Magician's Secrets Revealed, narrated by Mitch Pelleggi. So I watched all Which of Which was awesome, apart from the fact he didn't sound disapproving of the fact the guy was giving away his secrets. Yeah. <laughs> he, if he just did the whole thing with a disapproving skin of voice, it would have been awesome. But I mean, it was pretty good as it was. But anyway, we've got enough topic a little bit. Yes. Kurt Smith's character in this episode, he's um, he was Mulder's mentor um, with the uh, criminal profiling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, it's an awesome, you know, it's obviously set up as a father-son relationship. And he's even named Bill, same as Mulder's father, and about, yeah. you know, every one in five male characters on the show. Um, but <laughs> one in five, <We're> like <laughs> one in three, three. Let's be honest. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but he's such. I think it's such a good relationship between those two, and you know, a good character. It's a shame that spoiler he ends up being the killer because it would have been yeah. nice to have have him recurring, you know, in some future episodes. Well, he obviously didn't treat Mulder very well, and I don't think behavioral sciences treated Mulder very well either. Um, no, but I would have. I would have loved to see Dark Mulder again. I would have loved to see him try and profile faster in season yeah. seven. That I mean, would have he, been really kind of cool. He, yeah, you see, like, he gets into it occasionally, like, a little bit, but never, like, he got into grotesque. And, well, according to um, David Duchovny in The Revival, Mulder is in a dark, dark place at the beginning. So Maybe he'll be sculpting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can just see like Skelly brings him some modeling clay. Oh no 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 no! You're gonna have the ghost of Frohiki comes behind him and guides his hands in the clay. Oh man! Oh my god! That would be uh, no. That would be horrible. Uh, okay, so we have some, we have a nice character moment in this episode where Skinner calls Scully into his office and. She's doing the young professional thing, and he's like, no, 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 let's talk off the record. And he he admits that he's worried about Mulder as well and, and what's going on. And there is a lot of darkness in this episode, as we've said. This is one of my favorite season three episodes. Mm-hmm. Probably makes my top ten list overall, I think. Um, I just, I think it's really good. It does something very different to other Exiles episodes, and people have said, well, maybe this was at that stage when Chris Carter was developing Millennium, uh, sort of a follow-on from Irresistible in that sort of sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was you know, watching it again, and I was thinking it, it, there's a lot of bits in here, especially when 
Mulder goes and does his research at the library that reminds me of the movie Seven. And that movie came out in September 95, and this episode aired in February 96. So I've got to think that, um, is it Howard Gordon wrote this episode? Yeah. Probably took some, you know, quite a lot of influence from that movie in developing this storyline. Yeah, I think it's good work by Howard Gordon. I'm not sure what my favorite Howard Gordon episode is, though. I'd have to, like, really... I have trouble picking favorites, <laughs> so I have to like look at a list and like carefully narrow it down. But you know, he did good work here. And... Pick your top two hundred favorite episodes. <laughs> um, everything but Fight Club. <laughs> space. I'm sorry, space. Uh, I just, I just. I watched anyway, Space the other night, actually. But um, anyway, better than space, grotesque. <laughs> No, I uh, I uh, I uh, enjoy grotesque. Like it's, it's one I put on. You know, like when you have the friend that you're introducing to X Files, and you either like show them like Bad Blood if you have to like catch like a complete newbie. That's what I always use. Um, that or Detour. Yeah. And then um, you know you might maybe move on to like a mythology episode. You know, just like a good solid you know like oh kind of one. But anyway, I think grotesque. It's the perfect episode when you got your intermediate <laughs> friend that's like seen a couple episodes and you're like, all right, here's a wild card. <laughs> I and used I Pusher for that recently, like a few months Ooh, ago. It was actually really you? good. I was like in, I had, I made my roommates do it because like they know I always talk about the X-Files and um, I was like, no, we're, we're sitting seven. down and we're watching this amazing episode and you're going to like it. And um, by the end, like, a bunch of other roommates who, like, weren't watching were, like, standing in the entrance from, like, the kitchen, like, watching the TV. I was like, I told you guys. I told you. <laughs> so I felt vindicated. Sure but I can see how someone who's, you know, a little familiar, how this could, like, you know, pull them in. Because it is a really dark this and gritty episode. This is Quagmire. <laughs> Rest in peace, Quick Quag. Anyway, I have, like, I have an art to this. <laughs> This is how I, like, tested every boyfriend I ever had. <laughs> I need to start you with a couple of episodes. And if they don't like episodes, then you're out. <laughs> what do you call that? The grotesque challenge? Or? <laughs> Maybe. Probably. The grotesque challenge. Or home. Home would be another good one. Yeah. Now I'm just, like, thinking, like, what I actually have shown people. <laughs> Maybe not. Uh, I just pulled up a list of Howard Gordon's episodes that he wrote, and I think Grotesque is probably top of the list. Probably, I would think. Yeah, uh, I mean, he co-wrote Nisei, which is yeah. one of my favorite mythology ones, too. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, maybe there's a couple there in season four. Uh, Zero mm. Sum, he co-wrote with Frank Spotnitz. But, yeah, I think Grotesque. I, I like it. It's one of my favorites. And there's that. There's some really good uh, storytelling in it as well because you kind of, as as the story goes along, you know, you kind of get the idea that okay, maybe there is some sort of demonic possession here, and maybe the killer has transferred that demon onto someone else. And of course, you have in the teaser, he bites uh, Nemhauser, that other agent. Mm -hmm. And then there's that bit in where Mulder's in the hospital, or somebody's in the hospital, and. Scully sort of references the bandage on his hand. He's like, oh, yeah, I, I got bitten when we arrested the guy. And it's kind of keeps dropping that in there as if you think, okay, they've tra- that's how he got transferred. It's kind of like a werewolf or something like that. But, <laughs> of course, that's not what it is. Next time we see Nemhauser, he's dead inside some clay. Yeah. So it's just some pretty cool misdirection there. That's a blue in that episode, I remember. Yeah, it yes. is a very blue episode. I'm probably slightly afraid of gargoyles now because of it. Just a little bit. Gargoyles are a protective thing, just like the swastika and just like the pentagram. Yeah, but not if you end up inside the gargoyle. <laughs> no. Very astute. Um, I don't even know. Observation there. <laughs> yeah, if you end up inside a gargoyle, chances are you've taken a wrong step somewhere along the way before then. <laughs> Maybe you're just becoming the protector. Yes. Sure, sure. Okay, go with that. Great, let's uh, head on to the final two episodes we're going to talk about today. Uh, Piper Maru and Apocrypha. So a two-parter mythology. And um, 
we were talking in the last time that we were talking about uh, Nisei and 731 and we started going off about the X-Files computer game there is a lot of stuff mm-hmm. shared with these episodes and that um, obviously these are the episodes that introduced the Black Oil alien mm-hmm. storyline and uh, in these episodes you just see the Black Oil behind their eyes and you know when it does come out of somebody it's just like a puddle that kind of moves on its own and next time we see it in Tunguska in season 4 it, the oil turns into the little worms and I think the worms are better than just the oil behind the eyes but you know that's the evolution of special effects for you yeah <laughs> uh, talk about the evolution of special effects i rewatched these on netflix um last night and they have the high definition versions on there and it was <laughs> so weird watching the opening of piper maru with these modern subtitles and not those ugly chunky yellow ones that we grew up watching <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I did remember when I watched this episode, um, the um, ship, when it's black and white and it's going by, I kept trying to decide if that was a model or if that was generated. <laughs> oh, the submarine in black and white? Yeah, yeah, the submarine. It, it looks like a model, doesn't it? Okay. I was just, and I, I never noticed that before and I was wondering if that was the HD Netflix, but anyway. No, it's always looked like that. <sighs> okay. Okay. <laughs> um, I, I also, while watching this episode, when, um, oh my gosh, I feel like I'm going to mess up this poor guy's name, uh, Gutier. I can't even, yeah. I feel bad even saying that. that I'm going to just say that guy. Gutier, <laughs> Gutier. That, that guy, um, when um, he comes home, or when he's home and his like, wife shows up, and he's not talking, just staring, if that happened to me, like any of my friends, just stared at me and didn't say anything and then just started charging towards me i would be screaming and running and throwing everything at them like that would freak me out <laughs> oh my gosh like even if i didn't have the black oil behind the eyes thing i just i would freak out and i had to say that <laughs> well now the x-files has warned you about it so yeah yay just always run apparently <laughs> always run yeah, there are a lot of people who make the decision not to, and it usually doesn't end well for them in the X-Files. Actually, Scully gets caught pretty easily. <laughs> and she's not running and She's like, alive. I'm heels, guys. It's fine. Just take me. Yeah, she always... I, know, I don't know if she does it to, like, let Mulder get ahead. Sometimes I wonder if she just yeah. does it on purpose. Or if she's just like, ah, I'm Yeah, and like, I mean, like, uh, what, E.E., <laughs> right? Yes. And when they're yes. uh, the electric plant, she does it. Um, yeah. She's like, Mulder, go. <laughs> um, yeah. And then you got, like, like the red and the black. Yeah. <laughs> she's just sitting in the car, like, yeah. <laughs> there he goes. <laughs> that's, that's Mulder. <laughs> but anyway. There's, uh. there's a little bit that always gets me at the beginning of this episode where Scully's walking past Skinner's office at the very start and there's that guy running for the elevator and it, it's just <laughs> just so out of the blue and it's just not what you normally see on the X-Files it always cracks me up just that guy going hold it hold it hold it <laughs> you know nobody else for some reason, <laughs> no, no no I was just gonna say that I when I watched it and I saw that for some reason it reminded me of it was a season nine episode when Scully is walking down the FBI halls, it's like dark, or not dark, it's like nighttime, and she's one of the only ones there. And she's walking down the elevator, and she like kind of trips and fixes her shoe. Yeah, and she's like, yeah, yeah, and yeah. She, like, she's like walking while trying to fix it. Yeah. yeah. She's like hopping, basically. For yeah. some reason, that reminded me of that, and I don't know why, but it did. Yeah, I was, <laughs> I was thinking, what the heck's the name of the episode with Burt Reynolds, the musical one? Because that's the bit where yeah, they're all in the elevator it. and then they're... Improbable. Improbable. Yeah. That's it. Is it the same one? Yes. Yeah, okay. So. Sure. Probably. Improbably. Ha. Huh? No, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm out. No. And um, this is... Uh, Piper Maru is the one, uh, an apocrypha. It deals with the whole Louise Cardinal storyline. Yeah. And the... Um, the fact that they're trying to close down the case on who killed Melissa Scully mm-hmm. and yes. turns out to be Louise Cardinal. And um, 
probably a bit of an important storyline after the negative fan reaction to Crewcut Man being killed in the manner he was in Red Museum. Yeah. That they wanted to have some sense of justice front and center with this particular storyline. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, this is the episode that Gillian Anderson got her nomination for the Emmys. Yeah, she did a great job. Yeah, the whole she did a really good job with like the whole Melissa kind of arc, I guess. I mean, it's not specifically an arc, but you know, we deal with it here and earlier. Um, Scully, well, Gillian Anderson does grief like really well. Yeah, she does. <laughs> She's particularly skilled at like crying and or you know. Going vulnerable, yeah, like all like season she, eight. Just <laughs> when she's driving through the um in San Diego during the, oh my gosh the naval base, and then she has her flashbacks. The look at her face is just uh, like so tragic, and you're like, yeah. I'm. You just want to give her a hug. Ugh. But yeah, she um, she does. She does grief and like nostalgia and regret and yeah. She does all that really, really, really freakishly well. We'll probably see more yeah. of that in the revival. <laughs> oh gosh, don't! Nah. <laughs> My heart. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> one thing. One thing I noticed talking about Melissa is at the end of Apocrypha when Scully goes and visits her gravestone. Mm-hmm. Melissa got gold lettering on her headstone. Scully oh, didn't goodness. when she when every she had died. <laughs> in one breath, it was just. Your normal sort of carving, and then Melissa gets this gold lettering. I mean, what's that about? Well, that's because Scully got my a painter's set, and she went to Melissa's grave, and she <laughs> she painted she herself. Of so course. that's why it wasn't on Scully's, because Scully's <laughs> not a zombie, yeah. and she didn't paint on her own. So thank you, thank you for clarifying, clearing that up. No problem. <laughs> this makes a lot of sense. So I think we've solved a, yet another X Files <laughs> mystery, Jessa. <laughs> There you go. That didn't even take 2,000 words. Uh, No, no, don't worry. We have one that's coming this long. (laughs) We're we're trying, though. We really are, but oh, man. It's going to be really long. (laughs) Anyway. Um, Jillian Anderson deserves all the awards for being sad on screen. (laughs) On screen. (laughs) (laughs) Not in real life. (laughs) That would be bad. Um, Uh, She does it so well. I she really does. I mean, like... Dying of cancer? I mean, she makes dying of cancer look really good. When we get there. (laughs) I'm gonna die. But wait, let me look beautiful and have a single tear glint down my face. Yeah. Uh, Unlike when, you know, David cries. It's a little bit better. She looks like so good. She's just like... And then her monologue, it's like... Like, I cannot go with you the entire journey of the way. Her monologue just sounds like... I hope you'll forgive me for not whatever the rest of the journey with you. Yeah. Anyway. Sad Skilly. She, I think she won a lot of awards for looking and nominations for being dealing with like the sad storylines. Like she does it particularly well. So. I know we're kind of talking about both of these episodes sort of together. I'm just going to go uh, into Apocrypha real quick. Mm-hmm. Touch on a couple of the good, you know, some of the standout scenes in that episode. Uh, at the very opening, you have the young Bill Mulder, young Deep Throat, young cigarette smoking man yeah. together interviewing the guy from the Navy, which is cool. quite a cool scene. It's been hinted at that they all work together in the past, and now we get to actually see them there. Although it's not obvious that it's Deep Throat that's with them. Pretty standard agreement yeah. that that's who it is. Um, of course, we have the wonderful ice skating scene in Apocrypha. Yeah. Yeah, I love a little come and go ice skating. Which is such a beautiful scene. It is adorable. It, it's it is adorable. That's the best way of describing it. <laughs> it really is. Even with Frohiki and his little glances at the twins <laughs> going either side of him, and then nodding yeah. and smiling at the woman at the locker who just blanks him completely. <laughs> <laughs> I love Frohiki. Um but no, they're one of my favorite like visual shots from uh, the series on a whole is when they're in the silo at the end with their flashlights. And yes, you definitely uh, a money shot. The, the um, cameras up above and their lights cross and hit it, and they form like an X, and then you get like a lens flare. 
that wasn't created by J.J. Abrams, and then they come back <laughs> down, and it's just, it's it's such a beautiful shot. Like, I always feel well, like Mulder's... And then the shot when there's the noise, and they both turn around, and Scully, like, whips her hair, and it's almost slow motion, but it's just so, like, bam. I don't know. But there's it's some really amazing. nice shots in this. Well, in both episodes. They're pretty good episodes. We're Piper Maru's... Um... Rob Oman and Apocrypha was Kim Anna's first mythology yes. episode as a director. These two episodes, um, okay, I don't know if I've said it to you guys before, but um, when I came into the show, you know, I was playing catch up. So the only way I could do that was to get some VHS tapes <laughs> that they used to sell. With they used to bundle all the mythology episodes yeah. together. I have some of those, yeah. So I went and got those, but um, Piper Maru and Apocrypha were actually uh, quite apocryphic appropriately because you couldn't buy the you couldn't buy those two you couldn't get the the vhs you had to save up coupons or something or you had to mail order them from the x-files magazine or something like that so i do remember that those you know these two episodes are quite big ones but they were kind of aside from everything else i know i know it's a different time kids (laughs) yeah it's ridiculous yeah crucial to the advancement of the mythology you know, bringing yeah. up the whole kind of next segment of it, but um, well done. Standard, awesome X Files mythology episodes, basically. I should get Scully's background a little bit. Yeah, like you know, cool. in Grotesque we got some of Mulder's background, and now we're seeing a little bit of Scully's. Yeah. So it's only I mean, fair. Scully could identify that. Um, Fifty one Mustang. Mustang. Yep. Mulder was a little bit turned on. <laughs> He said so. I was there. Yes. I saw it. Yeah. yeah I, I, even I can't <laughs> deny that. <laughs> and then, and obviously right, with the, the, the yeah the Louise Cardinal storyline, um, Krychek makes an appearance, a return, and oh, Nicholas Krychek. Lee was Nicholas Lee's name was not in the opening credits. They withheld it for the closing credits, so they didn't spoil the surprise for people looking for his return. Yep. And Krychek's one of my favorite characters. Oh, oh yeah! Oh, once yeah. we get into yeah. Tunguska Terminek coming oh, up very yeah. soon, oh, yeah. I love it. A rat. <laughs> um, no, I love first of all that Mulder's like, oh, I'm not gonna go to Hong Kong. <laughs> he just has By the way, there. he's just like, I wish I was that rich. I can just be like, yeah, I think I'll go to Hong Kong. Yeah, no big deal. But anyway. And a little bit of trivia for you, which I've uh, found to do my research on Piper Maru. The black and white scenes on the submarine mm-hmm. before he was um, the singer, the famous singer that he is now. Michael Bublé. Yes, one of the extras in that scene. Hey. I wish I was an extra in X Files episode. Yeah, we are. And uh, I guess let's bring this full circle then. Um, Apocrypha back to Revelations. You have that scene with Agent Pendrel and the other agents, and they're sort of saying, you know, trying to figure out how they're going to get Luis Cardinal and they've kind of given up and Scully's keep pushing and pushing. They're like, well, you know, we haven't got anything else to any other uh, avenue of investigation, you know, unless we get a sign from God. And she says, I've seen stranger things, believe me. And storms out and Pendrel's like, I believe she has. (laughs) Oh, Pendrel. I love him. But, you know, going back to Revelations because she pretty much did get some signs from God there. So, yeah, that was my wrap up. Okay, so um, let's go on to the quiz time. And I did put a request Uh, out to listeners last time around if somebody wants to come up with some cool little jingle that we can play to introduce the quiz section each episode (laughs) from now on, please go for it. I would love that. Uh, Otherwise, it's just me awkwardly saying, okay, it's quiz time. (laughs) Again, every episode. (laughs) Okay. so what we're doing now is five questions per podcast. Um, so it's five questions between you. Uh, either one can just jump in if you think you know the answer. Right. Even if I don't think I know, trust me, I'll jump in. Jump in? <laughs> <laughs> okay, question one. In Revelations, the phrase, sometimes you have to go full circle to find the truth, leads Scully to what location? Recycling plant. I think it was waste management. It's the recycling plant. It's the it same, was, same difference. It was, yeah, it was a recycling plant. 
Yeah, no, it was recycling. It was owned by that, um, the, the guy. He, like, owned the company, didn't Oh, yeah, that guy. <laughs> <laughs> that guy who is also in Gape. Twin Peaks. Oh, yeah. Gape. Right. Okay. In War of the Couple of Ages, yeah. what is the brand of flea medicine that Scully <laughs> is putting on Queequeg? Die, flea. Die, flea, die. And then in the store, they're all trying to get the die bug die. Okay, question three. In Syzygy, what is the name of Terry's deceased pet? Isn't it Mr... He's uh, Mr. Something, Mr. Tipper. Mr. Tippy. <laughs> Mr. Tippy, wow. Nice. Well I know done. a cat named Tipper, so I'm glad. I thought I was confused for a second, but Tippy. Okay. <laughs> question four. In addition to the nude model in the teaser in Grotesque, we see one other artist attacked. What kind of artist was he? Um, I have an idea, and I said I would say stupid things anyway. <laughs> Is it this? Just... I don't know. No, wait, no, 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 no. It's the um, the glass floor. Yes. Yes. Glassware. <laughs> yes. Okay. Okay. And for anybody that was complaining my questions were too difficult in the past, I hope I haven't gone too far the other side of the spectrum <laughs> this podcast. Question five: What is the call sign painted on the side of the airplane's fuselage in Piper Maru? Um. Oh my gosh, I know this. I like you thinking the video game Red Dead Redemption. So give me a second. Is is it? Well, no, the Zeus favor was the submarine. No, Zeus is like what they were sent to go find. To go yes, find. Yes, yes. Um, What's so the question again? The, air, the... the airplane that they do find with the guy bang, the banging. Yeah. Yes. What was okay. what were the words painted on the side of the airplane? Red, hold on. Because uh, I keep thinking of Red Dead Redemption and that's not it. Red. Hold Two on. of those words are in there. Uh... <laughs> Uh, red, dead. Yeah. Those are the two. <laughs> I know. I know. I'm. Hold on. I just watched this like an hour ago. <laughs> <laughs> like serious. Okay, maybe two hours ago. Um. Uh, oh my gosh! I can't stop thinking of the video game. I lent it to a friend today. That flies out my mind. Um. Red, dead. Shoot. Re- oh, it was a, it's referencing a woman, isn't it? Well, there is there's a, a picture of a woman the there. Yeah. Yeah. And there's three um, words next to it. Yeah, I know. It's Red Dead. Uh, we're not, we're not going to lose this, Jezza. We'll yeah, it'll come to us. It. It'll come to yes. us. Oh, my gosh. I literally just saw this like two hours ago. This is ridiculous. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Hold on. I was looking at Skelly, which is the problem. Right. Uh, uh, no, red, dead. I don't, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know. It's like not coming to me because I can't. Something um, of redemption. No. No, red. it's not red dead. It's dead. Dead. Oh, wait, 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 wait. wait. Uh, drop dead red. Yeah, there you go. Thank wow. you so much. You got there. It's drop dead red. Oh, my gosh. That was going to bug me for a well, while. It's, in a way, it's kind of referencing the fact that they were trying to kill Scully all along, but they yeah. killed Melissa. And... Yeah, no, I always thought maybe that was like a, like, hi, Melissa. <laughs> Thanks for stopping Five for five. Ooh. Wow. Well, that was rough. I'm so glad I figured that out. That was going to be bad. That was just going to be so bad. And see, that just goes to show me. I thought that was going to be an easier one than the glass blower. To be honest, it, it well, and it I don't should know, have been. And I don't know if everybody would have gotten Mr. Tippy. So, yeah, you never know with these questions. I never know if some of them I do know are a little harder than others, <laughs> but some of them I do think people would would get. You know, and I I yeah. try not to make it too too easy. So, listeners, feedback, please feedback it too hard too easy am i pitching it well pretty you good? know how much i did not struggle <laughs> <laughs>
Oh, they're great. All right. Well, let's go ahead and, and wrap it up there for uh, this episode. Um, next time around, um, I believe we are doing uh, Pusher Through to Wet Wide. Good episodes. Uh, listeners, please, please, please go to iTunes, uh, write us a review, uh, give us a star rating on there, subscribe if you haven't already, all of that stuff. Uh, helps to give this podcast attention, helps other people find us, helps iTunes bump us up in the rankings when everyone does a search for X-Files at a podcast. And please tell your friends about us and get the word out. If you are doing the episode a day starting on July 4th, you know, tell everybody about us because people can be listening to this podcast after they've gone through and watched some of those episodes. Yes, definitely. And uh, as I said at the top of the show, Please, we want to hear your feedback. If you've got any questions you want us to answer in the podcast, if you've got any suggestions for trivia questions in upcoming episodes, uh, you can get in touch with me through X-Files, talkxfiles.com. You can connect with me on Facebook. You can connect with me on Twitter. Just search for David T. Harwood on both of those. Uh, Jessa, Roy, do you want to give out your Twitters or anything else for people to connect with you? Um, Yeah. And we don't tweet a lot, but I'm at <laughs> Boston3346. And um, I'm at Jessa Schlitt, J-E-S-S-A-S-C-H-L-I-T-T. And guess why? <laughs> <laughs> I rarely tweet either. I basically every Friday go, hey guys, there's a new podcast episode out. <laughs> <laughs> and occasionally something to do with soccer. And that's it. <laughs> I, I did a very Missouri thing and tweeted a picture of a storm cell that happened yesterday because it just looked kind of cool. That's just very us. Like, you know, instead of seeking shelter, you're like outside. <laughs> <laughs> like, look at that. It looks so cool. Oh, wow. Anyway. That's a Mulder thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> Scully, look at this. Mulder, get down inside the bunker. Well, uh, Roy, Jessa, thank you both very much uh, for joining me today. I thank can't you. wait to have you both back on. Right, thank you for having right, us. Thank you very much. Thank, oh, thank you both so, so much. Thank you, everybody, for listening. I really hope you enjoy the show. Please, as I said, go to iTunes, give us a review, uh, tweet me, email me, give me some feedback. Uh, we want to get your participation in this podcast as well. We really, really do. Um, so until next time, I hope that you'll join us then. And in the meantime, if anybody feels like unlocking the door to room 1013 to let me out, uh, that'd be great. Thank you. So glad I remember that. <laughs> that was, was going to be so embarrassing because literally. <laughs>